Sri Sai Sacharitra, The Wonderful Life and Teachings of Shirdi Sai Baba, A Modern Rendering. Chapter 49 If the Vedas and the Puranas cannot sufficiently praise Brahman or the Sadguru, how can we who are ignorant describe our Sadguru Sai Baba? We think it is best to keep quiet in this matter. In reality, the observance of silence is the best way of praising the Sadguru. But the good qualities of Sai Baba make us forget our vow of silence and inspire us to open our mouth. Good dishes taste flat without the company of friends and relatives to share the food with us. When they join us, food acquires greater flavor. The same is the case with the Sai Lilamrita, the nectar of Sai's Lilas. We cannot partake of this nectar alone. Friends and brothers have to join us. The more, the better. It is Sai Baba himself that inspires these stories and gets them written as he desires. Our duty is to surrender completely to him and meditate on him. Practicing austerities is better than pilgrimage, vow, sacrifice, and charity. Worshiping the Lord is better than austerities, and meditation on the Sadguru is the best of all. So we should chant Sai's name, think over his sayings, meditate on his form, feel real love for him in our hearts, and do all our actions for his sake. There is no better means than this to break the bondage of samsara. If we can do our part to perform these duties, Sai is certain to help and liberate us. Now let us return to the stories of this chapter. Hadi Kanoba Tess Baba A gentleman from Mumbai named Hadi Kanoba heard many stories of Baba's Leelas from his friends and relatives. As he was a doubting Thomas and did not believe in them, he wanted to test Baba himself. So he came to Shirdi with some of his Mumbai friends. He wore a lace-bordered turban on his head and a new pair of sandals on his feet. Seeing Baba from a distance, he thought of prostrating before him, but he did not know what to do with his new sandals. He went outside to the corner of the open courtyard and placed them there, then went into the masjid and took Baba's darshan. He bowed reverently to Baba, took Udi and Prasad from him, and returned to where he placed his sandals. When he reached the corner, he found to his dismay that his sandals had disappeared. He searched for them in vain, then returned to his lodging very dejected. 
He bathed, offered worship and naivedia, then sat for meals. But all the while he was thinking about nothing but his sandals. After finishing his meals, he came out to wash his hands when he saw a boy coming towards him. The boy had a stick in his hand, on top of which was suspended a new pair of sandals. He told the men who had come to wash their hands that Baba sent him with this stick in hand and told him to walk through the streets crying, Arika Beta, Jarika Feta. Baba told him, If anyone claims these sandals, first be sure that his name is Hari, that he is the son of Ka, Kanova, and that he is wearing a lace-bordered turban then give it to him. Hearing this, Adi Kanoba was happily surprised. He went to the boy and claimed the sandals as his own. He told him that his name was Hadi and that he was the son of Ka and showed him his lace-bordered turban. The boy was satisfied and returned the sandals to him. Adi Kanoba thought that as his lace-bordered turban was visible to all, Baba might have seen it. But how could he know his name was Hadi and that he was the son of Kanoba, as this was his first trip to Shirdi? He came to Shirdi with the sole object of testing Baba and with no other motive. He came to know through this incident that Baba was a great Sat Purusha. He had gotten what he wanted and returned home very happy. Somadeva Swami tests Baba. Now hear the story of another man who came to test Baba. Kaka Sahib's brother, Baiji from Nagpur, went to the Himalayas in 1906 and made an acquaintance with Somadeva Swami of Haridwar. They both wrote each other's names down in their diaries. Five years later, Somadeva Swami came to Nagpur as Baiji's guest. There he was happy to hear about Baba's leelas, and a strong desire arose in his mind to go to Shirdi to see him. After receiving a letter of introduction from Bayaji, he left for Shirdi. When he arrived in Shirdi, he saw two large flags flying over the masjid. Generally, we see that saints have different behavior, modes of living, and outer paraphernalia. But we should never use these outward signs to judge the value of a saint but with Somadeva Swami it was different. As soon as he saw the flags flying, he thought, why should a saint take a liking for flags? Does this represent sainthood? It means the saint is hankering after fame. Thinking this way, he decided to cancel his trip and told his fellow travelers that he was going back. They asked him, Why did you travel so long? If your mind gets restless by the sight of flags, how much more agitated will you become 
on seeing the small carriage, the palaquin, the horse, and all the other paraphernalia. The Swami even became more confounded and said, I have not seen sadhus with horses, palaquins, and tom-toms. It is better for me to return than see such sadhus. Saying this, he started to leave. His fellow travelers pressed him not to go. Instead, they asked him to stop his crooked way of thinking and told him that Baba did not care a bit for flags and other paraphernalia or for fame. It was his devotees that kept up all the paraphernalia out of love and devotion for him. He was finally persuaded to continue his journey to go see Baba. Finally, when he saw Baba from the courtyard, he immediately melted inside. His eyes became full of tears, his throat choked, and all his evil and crooked thoughts vanished. He remembered his guru saying that our abode and place of rest is where the mind is most happy and blessed. He wanted to roll out the dust at Baba's feet, but when he approached Baba, Baba got wild and cried out loud, Let all our humbug be with us. You go back to your home. Beware if you come back to this masjid. Why take darshan of one who flies a flag over his masjid? Is this a sign of sainthood? Do not remain here for a moment. The Swami was taken aback. He realized that Baba had read his heart and spoken it out loud. How omniscient he was. He saw that Baba was intelligent, noble, and pure. He watched Baba embracing one person, touching another with his hand, comforting others, staring kindly at some, laughing at others, giving Udi to some, and making everyone happy and satisfying all. Why should he be dealt with so harshly? Thinking seriously like this, he came to realize that Baba's conduct reflected his inner thoughts exactly, and he needed to take a lesson from it and improve. Baba's wrath was actually a blessing in disguise. Needless to say, later on, his faith in Baba was established, and he became a staunch devotee. Baba teaches to handle the senses. Once, when Nana Saheb was sitting in the masjid with Malsapati and others, a Muslim gentleman from Bijapur came with his family to see Baba. Seeing veiled women with him, Nana Saheb wanted to go away but Baba prevented him from doing so. The woman came and had darshan of Baba. When one of the ladies briefly removed her veil to pranam to Baba's feet, Nana Sahib saw her face and was completely smitten with her rare beauty and wanted to see her face again. Knowing Nana Sahib's restless mind, Baba spoke to him after the woman left. Nana, why are you getting agitated in vain? 
Let the senses do their duty. We should not meddle with their work. God has created this beautiful world, and it is our duty to appreciate its beauty. The mind will become steady and calm, slowly and gradually. When the front door is open, why go to the back one? When the heart is pure, there is no difficulty whatsoever. Why should one be afraid of anyone if there is no evil thought in us? The eyes may do their work, but why should you feel shy and shaky? Shama could not follow the meaning of what Baba said, so he asked Nana Sahib about this on the way home. Nana Sahib told him about his restlessness at the sight of the beautiful lady and how Baba knew and advised him about it. Nana Sahib explained Baba's meaning. Our mind is fickle by nature. It should not be allowed to get wild. The senses may get restless. The body, however, should be held in check and not allowed to be impatient. Senses run after their objects, but we should not follow them and crave for them. By slow and gradual practice, restlessness can be conquered. Although we should not be swayed by the senses, they cannot be completely controlled. We should curb them appropriately according to the needs of the occasion. Beauty is the subject of sight. We should look at the beauty of objects without fear. There is no room for shyness or fear, but we should never entertain evil thoughts, making the mind desireless. Observe God's works of beauty. In this way, the senses will easily and naturally be controlled. And even when enjoying objects, you will be reminded of God. If the outer senses are not held in check, and if the mind is allowed to run after objects and is attached to them, our cycle of births and deaths will not come to an end. Objects of the senses are harmful. With viveka, discrimination, as our charioteer, we will control the mind and will not allow the senses to go astray. With such a charioteer, we will reach Vishnupada, the final abode, a real home from which there is no return. Pranams to Sri Sai. Peace be to all. You've been listening to a modern rendering of Hamad Pant's The Sri Sai Satcharitra, The Wonderful Life and Teachings of Shirdi Sai Baba, edited and narrated by Monica Penaconda. For more content like this online, please go to divinelineage.org, saifamily.org, and peacefires.org. To learn more about Monica, please go to monicapinaconda.org.